Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, dorks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our program in the audio form. Uh, I <laughs> am so thankful that you are the type of person that just wants to hear my voice. I didn't think that was my the quality that was most liked about me, but um, thank you. I know this is not a particularly smooth introduction, but you know me. You get me. We're, we're not perfectionists anymore. That's out. It's very 90s. Virdas is on the program today. I'm very insecure about the way I say it. He is an incredibly famous Indian comedian. It makes me want to go, Virdas, but that's just me being extra and trying too hard. It's just Virdas. Don't overthink it. Just say it. He just wrapped filming a Judd Apatow film. You know what happens when, when, when Judd Apatow picks someone? It's it. It's it. That's how you know they're about to be a big star. I guess he just doesn't have my number. Or I'm not sure. I'm going to Michigan. November 17th, is anyone coming to see me? Royal Oak, I, uh, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, November 20th, and I'm at the Pantages Theater, just trying to sneak this in real fast because I have to. Uh, I signed a docu-sign that said I have to uh, promote these shows. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, I'm going to be at a, uh, the Joanne Davidson Theater. Why would you name someone Joanne and capitalize the J and not the O and then the A and the NN? Like, that's child abuse. But December 9th. And then on WhitneyCummings.com, um, which I may or may not work, um, has all of my tour dates on it. You know I'm a comedian. You know that I tour. Please stop making me do this. So it's embarrassing. It's, you know, uh, it's it's uncomfortable for everyone. Someone make me stop talking. Virdas um, was just nominated for an international Emmy, no big deal, for his special. The special is called Fort India. He has four specials on Netflix. He is so brilliant. I'm going to shut my hear mouth so that you can listen to his brilliant brain razzle and dazzle and dirty dance. Um, I love you. I hope you enjoy this, and please like and subscribe to Elephants. Okay, we're rolling. Look, this podcast is a controlled plane crash. Okay. Um, but not as funny. Uh, <laughs> and I have never, how many episodes have we shot in total? 120? 115. 115. I have never in 115 episodes wanted to play someone stand up on the show. What? Why? Never. You have like, I watch comedians on your podcast all the time. So like. So you know. Yeah. I've never, I was listening over the weekend to you and I was like, first of all, I'm intimidated by you. Why? I, I'm, a, I'm a sweet brown Indian man. It never man happens. In you're, a foreign land. But your your mind is just unbelievable. Uh, this is very kind. And not it is, your mind is, <laughs> is, your mind is. 
a labyrinth of like limitless brilliance. Wow. I know. Can you talk to the press in India and like make a call <laughs> and just like, can you say that exactly on the phone? The way your mind works is fascinating to me. And you are able to dissect things from so many different angles and facets, completely egoless. And um, you're just, a, you're, uh, it's very rare that I'm speechless. I will have you call the Times of India immediately <laughs> after this podcast. Please. I'll be like, I'm Wendy Cummings. They're like, you can't say that in this country. <laughs> your last name, your last name is a crime. No, we have a billion people. Somebody's coming. So uh, that's. Where did I? <laughs> like this is like this is this is my problem, is that watching you, you are so we can't say savage anymore because that was used, Why? it was a pejorative term to describe indigenous peoples by the colonists of America. We're, we're like getting rid of language faster than we're creating it. Like, I don't know what I'm called anymore in the States. Like, I used to be like South Pacific you're Asian called, Islander you're something. You're just hired. I'm just hired. <laughs> That's you great. are employed. That's why I'm here. So, yeah, know? what is it? What is what? Like what? Yeah. What? what I don't know. I, I genuinely. That's fascinating. Because I'm, you can't say Asian, although I am Asian. And people don't say Indian because there's like historical. And why can't we say Asian? Because it's it's not. I, I'm just. I think in the, in the American context, perhaps Asian means like East Asian or Southeast Asian. But it also is like Asian is kind of an odd thing to describe because there's so many different kinds of Asia like Japanese and Chinese cultures are so yeah. radically different to just go that's Asian it's like no it's Japanese or Chinese like very different I think it's more about like the just call me doctor like you're, you're safe with <laughs> calling an Indian man doctor right <laughs> just, like, just call me smarter than you <laughs> yeah. like, if you see an Indian guy on the street just be like doctor it's good to meet you and he'd be like you're damn right yeah. my rheumatologist <laughs> Swami Ventrapali love you his, his, his first name is Swami S-W-A-M-Y that's like a guru name. Like that's what does a, it tell me? Swami, I think, means guru, like God, man, guru, or like uh, holy or something. If you, it means religious teacher. There you go. Hmm. By the way, okay, can I say this? If you if you tell me that my rheumatologist is a con man, I'm I'm it will break my heart. Okay, so firstly, like like Indian guys who nobody wants to sleep with in the first place back home, come here and like start sexual revolutions. And, and it's the strangest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like Wait, it's, every cult leader. Is, is Indian. Yeah. Yes. So the next time, just call us and we'll tell you about the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, just like, stop listening to guys who come over and do basic Indian shit. But what? That is so funny. Like if an Indian guy just comes over and yeah. is like, sit and cross your legs, it's like, oh, I'll ride you all night long. Ah. If you can start a cult. I, I was talking to somebody. I think it's the sitar. You know the sitar in the background, like yes. that. Like anything sounds spiritual if if you just put that shit behind it. <laughs> like if you're like empty your wallets, and they're like yes, because there's or a sitar behind it. Or if you just tell it. a woman she can sit down and it counts as exercise. Mm -hmm. Yoga. It's yeah. like yoga. They were like just lie down and breathe and take a nap. I'm like I love you. Like I, I saw that that Bikram documentary. Amazing. Right, but. Really, all he did was like turn the heat up, right? Like, that's like, <laughs> like that guy just fucked with air conditioning. Otherwise, that's just yoga. You know, By the way, Bik the Bikram yoga thing was so big. I remember the first time I did it before I knew anything about anything. And I was very susceptible to a cult or anything that would make me like skinny or feel better about myself or whatever. And I went and 
it was carpeted because it's too dangerous that he turns the heat up to, or the Bikram yoga is like 130 degrees or something and it's steam. So you can't have it be on wood or you'll fall because you're doing all these precarious poses. So like where people are passing out and stuff. There's a carpet. So it was carpeted and it smelled like mold. And yeah. I was like, this is just moldy. Like it was, I remember just going like this is because the precipitation from the steam would go into the carpet and it was just a moldy yoga class. I was like, anything that benefits you're getting from this yoga are being undone by the black mold you're inhaling. <laughs> I just picture him like calling people in his family on the weekend back home. He's like, you're never going to believe what I made these Americans do. <laughs> and, and they pay me every week for it. That is so the idea. They're like, they, they're doing this. They're doing reverse warrior. And they don't want an AC. Like, <laughs> they're fine with like a shitty carpet. Uh, it's, yeah. Dude, if yoga is a prank, that is so funny. Like a 5,000-year-old prank. <laughs> they, <laughs> the idea that someone's like, okay, it's 7 a.m., wake up, drive to my studio, lie down. And suffer on my terms. What you were just doing in your bed, I want you to do in my space yeah. and pay me. Yeah, but now you get like... <laughs> I, goat yoga is a thing. Yes. And like beer yoga For is a thing. Instagram. Yeah, but I, I'm like not patriotic at all. Like, so I'm like, everybody <laughs> do your thing. I love everyone. You you want to, I think bastardize is the word. It's fine. So I, I hold no like allegiance to yoga or Indian culture. But when I heard like goat yoga, I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, that's too much. <laughs> like, that's, that, like you, you cross the line. I'm offended. Like, that's disrespectful. Why, yeah. Why is there a goat? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called shitting yeah. on this practice? Like, as a man who's never done yoga, I was still like, no, preserve it without the goat. Like, the goat is too much for me. Like is that's, that, it, so that's not a thing in India, I take No, everybody does yoga, just not with goats. But the goats are around, but they're just, they're not Listen, <laughs> participating. You guys came up with the goats. Like, we did nothing with goats ever but eat them. Like, that's all we've ever done with a goat is eat the goat. That is so wild. And you just reminded me, one of my best friends in college was um, named Yog Yogita. Yeah. Is that, a, uh, that's how she pronounced it. Yeah. Yogita is, is, yeah, that's right. But what does that, I never. Is it like what female religious? Even now I, don't I know. need you to no. like decode every name for Done. me. Bewitched, enchanted is what that means. Let's do this. Like you ask me about like Indian names and I'll be like, what's Susan? What does Susan mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the, what is the um, mythology Susan of Susan? Susan is desperately seeking. <laughs> Ah. That's what that means. Nice. <laughs> I can do this all day long. <laughs> Annie, someone in a hall. Nice. Yeah. With a director who, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Don't even get me yeah. started on yeah. that hack. Um, so I, I'm just going to say this because if I don't say it, it won't have, it won't have been said. Nice. Right. Profound. Um, I'm very overwhelmed by you because there's so much I want to ask you. There's about... I want to ask you more about life stuff, philosophical stuff. You have, s s how many specials do you have? Uh, four. Four stand-up specials. There's so much content of you being brilliant. I don't want to make you do it here because okay. I believe that on podcasts like this, that people are in the wormhole <laughs> of you and I don't want you to repeat yourself. I'm so obsessed with your mind and the way you think. I just want to ask you some things that you probably normally wouldn't necessarily get asked. And, um... I don't want to like waste this time. That's how excited I am for you to be here. But I do want to talk about acting. Okay. Because after being a hugely famous comedian, uh, I'm sorry, before being a hugely famous comedian, you studied and trained as an actor. I did, yeah. 
can we just mentally masturbate on this for a second? <laughs> okay, you trained like Strasbourg, like yeah. method. Why is this a society? Don't we train everyone in acting so that everyone can act like they're a good person? Well, if you consider that we're all performing our own lives anyway in some version of that, like that's what Instagram is, isn't yeah. it? Aren't you performing your own life? Like you're not living it as such. That's curating yeah. for sure yeah. and acting when the camera's on. But I I do believe, so as someone, I acting is important and this isn't just a podcast, you know, for actors. If people mm -hmm. right now are like, I, you know, do this other job and acting doesn't apply to me. I think it does. I think it applies to everyone. You know, we tell an average of 30 lies a day. Yeah. Acting and we act all day, all the time in the form of lying. But I'm just fascinated by the concept of like acting. Like, number one, what does it say about our human nature that we love to be conned? Why do we pay money to go see someone act? Because, okay, so I had a, a in the, the Stanislavski school, there was a Russian like artistic director. And so I, I did like drama school in the States, right? In like Galesburg, Illinois, which was a lot of... Like American drama teachers just kind of going like emote with your shoulders and take a new direction, and, you know, that stuff. Yeah. And then after like three years and a lot of money, this one Russian was like, acting is very simple. Just read script, believe script, and then do what the fuck you like. <laughs> right? And I was like, I just spent like a hundred grand on, on college. And, and, he, and I don't so, have time to train you. I'm hacking American democracy. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's because we don't believe the script. Like when's the last time you read something or heard something and without a shadow of a doubt, you believed it 100%. Like you could count it on one hand, the amount of times this last week, you read or saw something and you were like, that's absolutely true, if you think about it. So I think that's why, you know, acting training for like regular human beings, because we just don't believe the script of anything, anything that we see anymore. We live in like a performative... In fact, I th yes. In, I mean, this is like what John Baudrillard uh, like kind of predicted the French philosopher about the simulacrum like you know it's in fact if I see something written out now I go that can't be true because why would you you know it's yeah. almost it's almost like we've trained to believe if I see it on the internet it must not be true if I see it you know like I need like, to check that and corroborate if it's so fucked up that it doesn't surprise me it's probably true to me like that's how I feel about it like you know sometimes I'll, I'll be like you know oh yeah I, I, that's it's so evil it has to be true but I'm you know what I say I don't even say it's true I go I go that tracks that tracks that tracks that feels very Los Angeles it, I don't know why here's why <laughs> that's a writer's room phrase of like is the story tracking like does it make sense so you know Veer comes over mm -hmm. I we, we walk around the house and then we get him a coffee uh, I say oh what kind of coffee do you want and then someone five minutes later comes in with a coffee that tracks because he ordered it you know it's like A plus B equals C I have two LA things that make no sense to me. One is, okay, so A, I think, and you're very successful, so I'm sh I'm, you have many people working for you, so you have an with assistant. Me? With you, all right. Uh, I feel like LA people get an assistant like eight years before they need an assistant, <laughs> all right? So that's one, okay? And, and, and I'm sure you deserve yours, right? Uh, but I think there are a lot of assistants out there who are like, I am at the same level as this person. I don't need this job. That's one. Like uh, you, wait, you need me to drive you there? You don't have a car. Yeah. I have a car. I'm driving you because you don't, because you don't have a car and I do. I feel like yeah. I'm doing better than you are. This is my assistant who sleeps in my bed uh, oh, or, or like in the room God. next door. I stay with my assistant's parents. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, then with my assistant. <laughs> and then love that. 
Yeah. Like, love that is a very LA love thing. Love that. Like, love him, love her, love, love that. that. And they are all sociopaths that have no capacity for empathy and have don't know what love is, Yeah, frankly. and it's usually, like, suits, right? So agents and who... And you wear, know what? They like, probably do love it. They're mm-hmm. incapable of self-love or love of another human being. <laughs> but you should ask them how much. Like, that should be a, a thing. Like, love, love that. that. How much? How much? And then just wait. Do you love it? What's, or, <laughs> like, what's your definition of love? Just like, curious. quantify it. Like, I would just be like, yeah. Like, mm, if that's your definition of love, we have a problem. It is hard because in general, that is a symptom of the greater, I think, vernacular disease of you know, we've overused words to the point of them being meaningless. You know, love is meaningless now. And I mean, I did, I don't want to be a, um, do a bad impression of myself, but in, I think it was the my second special I did the, uh, when love, when you're in a relationship, it starts to become, yeah, uh, I love you basically just means calm down at a certain point. Yeah. In like, like, I love I'm you. sorry, like, I love oh, you. calm down, yeah. It means I'm sorry, I love you. Love you, it means fuck you after a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, it means a lot of things. And, um, but yeah, the value of words is not something that um, California values uh, the way they should. Like, brilliant, genius. I know Louis C.K. did all those. Yeah. Hilarious, hysterical. Yeah. Like, everything is awesome. How do you say something's good anymore without, like, it, I have to be like, you're a brilliant, genius, amazing, incredible. Isn't everything fire? Like, isn't that just what, like, you're fire, this is fire, this everything's is fire. fire. Everything's fire. Everything's By the way, fire. we're in a fire zone. We have wildfires. <laughs> I'm triggered. Um, and, uh, and you know, it's interesting, the, wait, what was the one that I was just going to say about, oh, genius, everything's genius. It's like, was that In-N-Out Burger genius? Mm-hmm. I went to In-N-Out Burger, just by the way, because Uh-oh. everybody was like, you have to go, you have to go. And I was like, eh. You don't. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't. if you're going to eat my God, uh, it should be tastier. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, at least if you're going to murder my God, it should be tastier. That's how I feel about it. In and Out is wildly overrated. I do not understand. But you have to take that with a grain of salt. Of, like, people that live here are kind of masochistic. So mm-hmm. if they're like, I love In and Out, it's like, yeah, because you normally eat hemp seed granola. Of course, In and Out's going to be delicious. Remember the days when like Americans went to the East to do drugs. Remember those days, like to find yourself. And yeah, that was a big thing, right? That yeah, was Eat, a, Pray, Love. Uh, did she do drugs in Eat, Pray, Love? No, but Eat, Pray, Love, Snort, it, Inhale, <laughs> Eat, Snort, <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. I okay. So I actually have seen that movie twice on like two separate dates mm-hmm. and it is not a bad movie like I, I feel like it got shat on a lot uh-huh. because it was a little like white saviory I, I believe is what the word is but mm-hmm. I actually liked the movie I thought it was nice I um know. I have such hot takes on movies like and it's gonna ruin my career that I'm gonna pass on this okay but I think more that the that book I just could take or leave I mm-hmm. don't have any feelings toward it but Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote that book wrote a follow up book uh, called Committed and she went all around the world and interviewed people about what commitment and love means in every culture mm-hmm. the definition of love in every culture and it, it changed my life as in changed your perception of love or um, in, it changed yes yes because in the concept of love uh, is very Western. Like, it's very, the concept of, like, 
you know, we have to be in love all mm -hmm. the time. Like, you know, this idea that we constantly have to be in this, you know, on this cloud in this utopia with this like quixotic, like constant passion and, and mm -hmm. relentless monogamy and spark yeah. of, you know, a lot of cultures like it's kind of a business deal, you know, and, and in some cultures it's like the men live here, the women live here. And some it's like, yeah, we get we love each other, but then it dies off at some point, And then it's kind of a business deal. And like he can have wives other places like it's just about sort of what quote unquote love looks like in different cultures and yeah. how Americans are is specifically masochistic in terms of how wildly dissonant it is. Uh, the expectations are for love given our biological and neurological limitations. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I mean, this is just me, but I, I think love is the ability to be completely yourself relative to somebody else. That's cool. That's a really cool definition. You know, like that 10 seconds when you're like lying in the dark before you fall asleep with yeah. somebody, if you are entirely yourself in that moment mm -hmm. relative to that person, I think that's love. So you're just there jerking off. Yeah, absolutely. Bed. Yeah, yeah. Fine Both, with like it. individually, <laughs> like a super king size bed. I could just be are myself. You I could just jerk off alone. The light from your iPad is distracting me. Put it off. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Yeah. I, I think as an addendum to that and be completely yourself, and as you grow and evolve and change, yeah. you get to continue. You get to be different people as you grow and evolve and change. Yeah. They what don't are your thoughts on self-love? Like this is a big American thing where I'm like, uh, I do a bit. I'm sorry, but like I'm like people who love themselves have low standards because that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? That is so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> but it's like you know everybody's about self. Only when you love yourself can you love somebody else. Is the the allegation? I mean, I know. Isn't loathing good for love? Like, isn't Right, self-loathing. Yeah, we're gonna get along. Just I knew I, I knew I loved you. See, now I feel like a narcissist because I was like, "You're a genius. You're brilliant," and then you're saying all these things that I agree with. So he's a comic. Yeah. By proxy, he hates himself. I'm he's like, a comic. He's yeah. such a genius. That's what I say. <laughs> um, so I agree. I think that I think love is a very vague term, and the word self-love is very immature. Like it's just immature. Yeah. It's too vague. It doesn't really. It's just kind of meaningless, if I, if you will. It's like let's go to the buffet of what. What's the food? That doesn't yeah. tell me what kind of food I'm signing up for. Like that is, it's just sort of a vague nothingness that uh, we've have this Pavlovian reaction to like, be like, yeah, like it's just a cue. Um, I feel like it's everybody's just going, I'm okay being by myself, even though this isn't ideal. Like, I, I feel like it's that too as well. Like, you know, I'm I'm okay with my loneliness is is disguised as self-love or is termed as self-love. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To oh, yeah, exactly. Or you're just awful and no one fucks with you because you're a monster. <laughs> Who loves themselves. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I think a lot of people conflate self-love with arrogance and egomania. I think a lot of people... Um, Self-love is, but I think a big part of self-love is being able, whatever that means, is being able to go like, you need to apologize. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. That wasn't okay. That wasn't appropriate. You're being jealous. Like, part of self-love mm -hmm. is critiquing yourself. It's not radical self-acceptance. Oh, you mean like saying that to yourself, your not saying that to somebody else? Because that too could be self-love, right? Like, you, you you need to apologize to me. I'm setting boundaries because I love myself. Or, I don't know. That's that's yeah. just... That, you can, you can do that if you want. Yeah. I just don't think that that's going to get you the result. I don't think oh, you yeah. can... If you have to tell someone, apologize to me, you're the crazy one. Listen, I'm, 
I've, Why are you even engaging with that person? It's been 30 years since I got an apology from anyone. <laughs> like that was my last apology. Who? Your dad was? <laughs> no, just somebody who beat me up in boarding school. But no, that, that was my last apology. And I've accepted that the universe does not send apologies. Will you stay way. with me when you come here from now on? I will on? absolutely do I am so. obsessed with you. <laughs> Thank you. You're just a beast. Okay, so I think that self-love, I think there's like an Instagram. It's very cool right now to be like, self-love, I love myself. It's all vague and sort of silly. And I'm probably being overly analytical and overthinking it um, and like persnickety. But, you know, I think that, you know, that radical self-acceptance physically on the outside, mm -hmm. A plus, great, thumbs up, yeah. you know, unless you're unhealthy or hurting yourself or in whatever way. Um, but there's, I don't like this thing that's like, because you're basically saying, I'm, I'm done, I'm cooked. I'm perfect just the way I am. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally. I have a feeling there's a little more of the to be chiseled. I have a little, like, yeah. in the Da Vinci masterpiece that you are. I have a feeling that we're halfway yeah. to the David. Perhaps the fact that there's nobody within a 20-foot radius of you right now might be a barometer for the fact the that you are The common denominator <laughs> is you yeah. and all these people that don't want to be around you. Well, I just, I love myself and this and this. So I, I just like to say just respect yourself is a little bit better of a word i don't like self-love i just think of masturbating true <laughs> yeah which is something you don't see a lot of at a therapy I, session I like, but i'm a big we're comic so we're yeah. word we oh, yeah. have to pick the right word so i would say instead of like self-love or i love myself it's like i prioritize myself i prioritize self-care i respect myself self-love just seems childish i also think it's like I was thinking about this the other day, like you guys stay with your parents for like such a short amount of time in America. The minute you're like 16 to 18, you're out, right? And then it's like- If you're, by the way, I mean, my, a lot of our parents didn't even want us to come into the world and were forced to have us. Right. Because but, we can't, they couldn't abort <laughs> us. But then we guys end up staying with our parents till we're like sometimes 30, 35, right? Like Emily. I would love that. <laughs> Emily goes home to visit her parents like every other weekend. So, but then not toxic. You don't have space for self love or self exploration when you're just in a house taking care of each other's needs. You're all the, the cleaning time. lady, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, like Indian parents invest in future employees. Like they don't raise kids, right? They're, they're just like you. Fucking, you're, you're 20 now. I need this, 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 and this. Fucking go to work right now. I raised you. You're alive now. You work for me. Uh, what I mean, I just, I guess, I wanted to. Avoid Avoid asking about you know the, the the culture shock when you come to America, like the differences in roasting because I figure you have to do it so much. But what is like, has anything new come along that you've oh, noticed yeah. that's like like not something that you've already sort of discussed and picked apart in terms of America's? Well, by the way, it's it's changing a lot. Like every time I used to come over here and. You gig with so many comics. I'm sure you you're used to like the 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 comic from abroad who's like, "Hey, life here is so different, and you know, life's kind of simple where I'm from, and America's kind of complicated." And, and you know, like I, I went to college in Galesburg, Illinois. That's where I went to college. Is that nor Is that near Chicago? Yeah, it's it's three hours out, right? So this is the mecca of civilization as we know it. Right? Yes, so, this is it. So like. Cornfield College. Cornfield. The Manhattan of, of, the, <laughs> of the Midwest. Yeah. Right? So, like, one Kmart, one JCPenney. Right? And and I'm given... Or as we say, pennies. Yeah. There you go. A pennies. Right. Where's the pennies? Is it JCPenney's or penny? The pennies. Ah. It's JCPenney, but in the South, they say pennies. Okay. We just call it pennies. 
So like I'm given host parents, right? My mom. I just made you dumber. Did yeah, you see that? I, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're going to let me I, back I'm in. I'm so yeah. sorry. Your <laughs> IQ fine. just went down. Uh, my host mom was a lady called Pinky Gibbons. Pinky. Who, yeah. And, and she was just an American lady who was a cafeteria lady. And, and my host dad was Gene the Trucker. Right? G-E-N-E? Yeah. Love it. And so like drove a big rig. And that's as American as you get, right? It's like real America to me that like who I am, the fact that I was Indian was as strange as the fact that I wanted to be a thespian. Does that make sense? Interesting. You know, so it wasn't a cultural thing. It wasn't an America thing. It, it was just, you're this thing that we don't understand. Now let's have meatloaf and do the dishes. Yeah. And I think at some level that's America as well, is wake up at 5 a.m., clean your house, pay your bills, be safe, go to bed. Uh-huh. And I feel like that picture of you guys gets lost a lot in like the noise, you know? Interesting. Yeah, I I, I travel so much that... I feel like, you know, as a comedian, obviously all we do is travel. It's like, there's so many, America is, and and I have not extensively traveled the, you know, east to be able to yeah. be an authority on this. But the same way France is super different than Italy is super different than Germany. Like, to me, that's states in America. Yeah. States in America, to me, are as different as countries are in Europe. I think so. I, like, I would or like pick, Japan and China. It's like I would pick a state in America over France any day. Of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be honest. Why does like, it, any state? I want to talk about France. Okay. So Notre Dame burned down. To be clear, I love Do architecture. It? Okay. And I value the people that built it. I respect. I care. I love beautiful things. I love. God, uh, whatever oh. that means to you, mm-hmm. I mean no disrespect. That being said. I need to interrupt you. Are, are, are you just trying to remember everything that's connected to Notre Dame right now and saying <laughs> you love it? Like, is, you're like okay, it's, I'm just, it's I'm God, stalling. I'm it's stalling. a building. I'm stalling. Right. <laughs> I'm stalling, stalling. No, I'm just, I want to preface this by saying I'm not like a fuck sacred things person. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I know the value of sacred things and rituals and and stones mean things and I have special rocks. <laughs> I have my little taurine rock. Like I know, I, I anthropomorphize, you know, very inanimate objects. So that said, I just want you to know this isn't just me being crazy old me. Emily, what, did, what was the issue? Because I'm going to just pull up my tweet. It was... It. This is not the time for you to tell everyone you went to Notre Dame. As soon as Notre Dame burned down, everyone posted photos of themselves in front of Notre Dame. <laughs> like a good Notre Dame, like a full Notre Dame, not the burnt down Notre no Dame. No one was inside, which means no one waited in line to actually go in the building. And can you imagine, just think about, as soon as the sacred building burns down, people are just like... <gasps> Hey, what month did we go? Swipe, swipe, swipe. They're swiping through their photos. I mean, those photos were up within minutes. People are just like, okay, was it July 20, 20, 2018 or 19? Was it 18 or 19? Where do you have the photo? Where's the iPhoto? Get the get the other drive. It's on the other drive. Like getting the perfect photo of them at Notre Dame to be like, God, I love Notre Dame. Like you didn't wait in line. You didn't go in. Why are you making this about your trip to Europe? That's like if a celebrity dies. And then everybody posts photos with that celebrity. And then the celebrity lives, you know, like at the end of it. Like that's oh what that God. is. Right? That is so funny. 
it was to me like it he, just turned you've in, gone too soon gone too soon and then like two days later he's like oh this is just how did mom. you turn this this the fire of a sacred place into bragging about your vacation just like every agent and manager and lawyer in los angeles trying to pull up their paris vacation photo that, that they were me. too embarrassed to post before because going to Notre Dame was dorky. All- <laughs> as soon as it caught on fire, it was cool and reverent. <laughs> but before it burned down, it was like, you're at Notre Dame? Cool, dork. Like, what kind of dork visits a church on their vacation? That nerd? actually is, like, the uncoolest thing you can post from Paris. <laughs> it, it, it is. Like, the, the you know, the, the Notre Dame. Unless it burns down. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's like, I never got to post that banger selfie in front of Notre Dame. It burned down. Here's my shot. After this podcast, just influencers are going to be like, what burnt down? That is where I'm going next. Which monuments have burnt down? There was That's a, the selfie. Um, there was a, they had to shut down or gate off Chernobyl because after the show came out, so many influencers were trying to take selfies at Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had that same thing happen after, uh, so we had these terror attacks and uh, Hotel Mumbai was mm-hmm. a, a movie that uh, Army Hammer was in, who we have since learned. Is, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people were just going and taking selfies with like bullet holes, uh, you know, in these cafes during that shootout. And, uh, and what and is, is the face you make with the bullet hole? Is it- I, I don't know. It's a strange like, like you what's know, like the a, face? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, is it a... What is it? Can I tell you, that's my ideal life. Like, I just want to be an influencer. That's what I want to be. Okay. Like Do if, tell. If, Do if, tell. If, if I could just quit all of this and just get paid to go places and post about it on Instagram, I would do that shit in a heartbeat for like five months. But I, I would do that <laughs> shit in a heartbeat. I just want to know what that feels like. The Journal of Family Care, uh, Family Medicine and Primary Care in India found that 259 people worldwide died in 137 selfie-related incidents between 2011 and 2017, compared to just 50 people who were killed by sharks. A new survey found that 41% of us have already risked our safety in pursuit of a selfie. I'd want to know, like, how many of the people in the selfie have been murdered by other people in the selfie? Like, because that also counts as one <laughs> of these way, deaths. Because here's what I'm saying. Right? Most women that are murdered are murdered by their spouses. So a lot of the selfies with your husband, could you be, you're taking a picture with your murderer, future murderer. This is, like, I, in your country, like, crime is entertainment. Like, that's another thing that I've, I've never Wild. been able to understand. Correct. Like, true crime. Like, I, I don't understand the obsession. I watch it. We love it. <laughs> yeah, but how good is your life when your crime is also content? Is a question when to ask. People, when people want to talk about you when you're not famous and dead. So, crime is entertainment. Is That's not a common... That's not a global... Um, that's it's, not globally fun to enjoy watching people get murdered? No, I don't think so. Because I think your volumes are quite low of murder. <laughs> you know, when it's like, if it's like one lady in the forest, that's maybe watchable. But if it's like 5,000 people in a state, maybe not watchable. So what is that? What does that say? What What's the, what's the takeaway on that? Because I think 
for I think I know why neurologically we love true crime. Yeah. Um. We you know are wired to want to you know CSI all these. Sh- I mean yeah. it's it's wild to me that anyone wants to have any conversation about like you can't say this as a comedian you can't say this which that whole cancel culture thing is obviously wildly overblown and not even an interesting conversation, but it's like oh, you can't say this you can't say slut you can't say whore that you can't say white trash you can't say this and that it's like watch csi every episode is about a dead hooker or a dead prostitute and they're just like in the semen inside the vagina it's like if it's drama you can say whatever you want and then but as soon as it's comedy that's when things get done i think it's something to aspire to it, when when crime seems out of the ordinary or it seems abnormal to you mm-hmm. then your culture is in a good place like if it's just so every day that you're desensitized to yeah. it and it's not watchable or even entertainment then you're not in a good place so like the fact that something seems horrific enough to want to watch it like says good things about your culture like as a barometer because it means it's rare it means it's rare so uh, i mean there are countries where you wake up and like that's minor compared to what communities are going through or like what larger people uh, you know when are doing when someone dies it's an event that's a good sign. Yeah, I think so. And they make a documentary about it and a movie and a yeah. spin-off and yeah. this. And you want to talk to people about it and you want to hear how it happened. Because that's really what you want to hear, right? Is how it happened and why it happened. Because mm-hmm. it seems so strange to you. So I think you should be proud of the fact that it seems strange, strange to you. Because it's not to you. Or to well, it's not India. a fair portion of... Like, I grew up in Nigeria and in India. So I grew up in Africa and in India. And... No, we're very desensitized to violence. We're very desensitized to crime at some level. So, yeah. Wild. Okay. I'm overloaded with questions now. <laughs> now I'm overwhelmed. So, can I ask you like what did you what have you learned about human nature that is what are what how are we alike? I think people always want to go, how are these things different? How are we alike? Africa, India, America, what is similar? in the human nature that you have seen? I think that... We all have dicks. <laughs> yeah, and like, also, we're, we're told what to believe. Mm. And, and I think more so now than ever before, you know, we... For all the things that we lack in our daily life or our family life, etc., we fill those with beliefs that we're told to have. Mm. And in Africa or in India, sometimes it's by politicians and in America, it's by conglomerates and by like social media, etc. But we're okay to believe things that we're told to believe. And that brings brings me back to the question um, about the acting thing of like our inherent desire to be conned. Yeah. Our inherent desire to be just told what to do. Just tell me, just let me, give me some rules to follow so I can follow it. I don't want to be a leader. I want to be a follower. Just, just, I don't care what the rules are. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell me what to believe. And, and also let me feel like I'm a part of something like the the tribalism that comes with that. Because that comes with safety and security. If I'm a part of this, even I don't, okay, we're going to go kill that person. Fine. If we're going to go kill those people because they're that color, that means you're not going to kill me. I feel safe. I think that's where we live now is beliefs used to be 10% of your human experience you know political beliefs or world beliefs and now they are 40% of your human experience all of us okay so you're a nightmare how (laughs) do you live with your brain are you okay yeah I'm fine I just feel like I'm just another self-loathing comedian you're not (laughs) I mean we can deprecate but like is your mind a haunted house of because I think there's a certain level of intelligence that's actually 
inhumane for someone to have? No, I. Because you're able to break things down from a very kind of, I don't think meta is the word, and I think Facebook just took that, you know, name uh, that word to rename their service. But like, you're so able to deconstruct things and analyze things and see things from so many different sides. Sometimes, when people have that, they're kind of. Um, emotionally homeless in a way you know because they don't they're like oh, yeah. I no, I can relate to that feel I, empty absolutely I, I can relate to feeling homeless in terms of and that's kind of the trip that I'm on right now uh, so I I sold my house in Mumbai two months ago I sold everything that I own in the last 10 years I, I have ha a weird question okay can we look up your house on the internet that you sold uh, you won't find it Oh, really? But it's it's it, it's a flat, like it's an apartment okay. in Mumbai. A nice I, I, we don't have to put it on the show. Yeah. I just <laughs> I love Zillowing and Redfin housing houses. Googling. What? Well, it's my now? it's like my pornography. I I can relate. Like guys want to watch like like Bang Bus. I just want to like look at the inside of people's houses. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I haven't watched Bang Bus right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the thing. Um, I'm I'm on I'm going across the world without checking luggage. That's my mission for the next year and a half of my life. So I'm like, I have eight t-shirts, two pairs of pants, two sweaters, um, and I'm just traveling for a year and a half. So it's pretentious to call this minimalism because it's not, and I'm well to do. Um, so like privileged essentialism, I guess is the way to put it. But the rules are um, spend any amount of money on travel, on hospitality, on experiences. Hospitality means like tipping, like hotels yeah, fly first stay in a suite eat in a nice restaurant mm -hmm. get front row seats but I'm not buying jeans I'm not shopping I'm not doing any of that shit I just have two bags and they'll go across the world are you washing your jeans I'm, that you do have I have two so once a month maybe they get washed I'm sorry it's okay so okay, hold on. We, this is a big <laughs> thing on the podcast men that don't wash their jeans yeah. okay so you have one pair I don't care how much they cost or how many pairs you yeah. have but you do have to wash them <laughs> Your do jeans. you though? Yes. Do you though? You have to wash your jeans. Yes. You have to wash your jeans because you sit on the subway, you sit in a cab, you sit in an Uber, and you come in and you sit on my couch. You're bringing like, like a airport into my home. Well, these have been washed this year. I promise you. Thank you. <laughs> you it's the variant in your back pocket. It, it is absolutely. <laughs> COVID <laughs> spreads through ass cracks and denim. That's how that happens. You know, all this mask stuff. You guys are right, America. You don't need that vaccine. What you need is is washed jeans. That's what's going to fix us. Clean your Levi's. That's forget Pfizer. That's why we have so many holes in our shirts so you can put a needle through it and vaccinate us. Can I tell you something? I'm fucking quadruple vaxxed. I, wanted, I just want to vent about this. Like, I took a vaccine in India which is very good. Are you addicted to the vaccine? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh-oh. And, and America wouldn't recognize that vaccine, so I had to take two Pfizer's on top of that. I've mixed vaccines. This is wild. I know. I'm like, this just this feels... Uh, you're cheating on one vaccine yeah. with another one? Like, this I, feels... I was just venting for a second. Like, I just, this I, is I like had a to take, vaccine threesome. Yeah. I have four vaccines in me. Now you're just bragging. Right? This is new money. New money problems. This yeah. is like, this is how Ooh, we... Ooh, look at you with is, your, yeah, your vaccine privilege. Four network, Netflix specials, three vaccines, ladies and gentlemen. Privilege check. Privilege check. I, I, I love this about America as well. You're always checking each other's privilege. Like, that's a, a great thing. Is it? No. Did I just do it? Wait, did I no, just do you, that? No, you didn't. But, okay. You have barometers to measure what your privilege is. 
Got it. Right? Yes. So when you talk about whether it's punch up, punch down, people's, et cetera, et cetera. Which, can we just, like, sorry, I like to kind of just, yeah. like, walk people through things that sometimes we take for granted that sometimes, I know I think more things are inside baseball than actually are. Yeah. But punching up and punching down is like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline is like if you're in a position of power, are you making jokes about someone beneath you or above you? I just feel like that's always so subjective that I my brain gets confused. Yeah, and, and also, I don't think you define your power as people define your power. You know, like if you if you ask me, and, if, and I've actually put this out on my Twitter, I put it out like three months ago. Your Twitter ago. that has seven point... Seven million followers. Yeah, I'm also Indian, so you just, like just there's a billion what does that of us. Mean? There's a billion that of us. You get followers easier. It's just. But what does that mean? It's like you. Your Twitter is like a toy shop, and my Twitter is Toys R Us, right? It's just like there's a bigger, <laughs> you know, there's just more toys. Uh, there's more people to follow me. And they, but but, but that doesn't. Okay, thank you. I feel a little <laughs> bit better. I hate myself slightly less, but also like. What does that mean? That means that like they spread the word faster, or everyone's hanging out, or there's one more accounts being in my case. I mean, wouldn't it be like, yeah, I could make the argument that it would be the opposite. Like we all have one Twitter account for the house, <laughs> eight people, one account. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you just put it up, like put a phone on a wall, and so you all you, come and look at it every yeah, now. Yeah, so if you have seven point seven million on Twitter, that means you probably have so many other people that are in the house with them, yeah. looking at those. Yeah. Um, I put out a question just saying, what to you ex exemplifies Western privilege, right? And so, like, to me, what I think Western privilege is, is it's the ability to go anywhere on an, on an American passport. You can travel, like, the world without visas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Most people just said you drink from the tap, like, in America. So, it's, it's not your military. Yeah. It's not your celebrity. It's not your economy. Just mm -hmm. you drink, like, your, your tap water is safe. And it's wow. like a, a strangely small thing. Unless you're in your, you're in Flint, Michigan, or West Virginia. Fuck! Have, I've been drinking from the tap everywhere I go. Is that a bad thing? Should I not do that? Or I should drink I drink from the tap a lot? So when I lived in Virginia, I drank out of a hose. So I was 15. Okay. We drank out of a like a hose, you know. But that was that. I and the water was like sweet. In West Virginia, there's a lot of um. There's what I like to say, and this didn't get me in trouble. Cool. Can't wait. Um, basic. There's lots of like third worlds within America. Yeah, within this quote first world or country, right? So I mean, our literacy rates are pretty. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. There's this amazing documentary called uh, Dark Water, which um, we talked about the other day, Emily with Mark Ruffalo about the Dupont, the poisoning of the corporate poisoning yeah. of the water in West Virginia, and uh, the carcinogens, and so the chemical plants, and so American corporations have um, strategically poisoned yeah. the water supply of the people they value the least mm -hmm. uh, in our country. So yeah. there are parts of America where I would say do not drink the water because a lot of the people that I went to school with um, in you know West Virginia, the DuPont spill, they have like 
you know, deformities and extra fingers and all kinds of things. I, I've just not carried a water bottle around with me for most of my life that I can't get used to doing it. Like carrying that, a water bottle. Yeah, like isn't that a very like that's an LA thing. It's also a Mumbai thing now where everybody just has their own personal little like water a flask. bottle. Yeah, and like with a straw, like a plastic straw, like a, a collapsible straw. Or something I just can't do a it. Plastic straw, plastic straw. At this point, I feel like you might as well just say the N word. Is is yeah? Not as bad. <laughs> not at Emily. Just quit. I just, yeah, I just love what she did right now. She's like. Just oh. the uh, just the self righteous indignation when people are like a plastic straw, yeah. you know. But and then they're wearing the paper mask. It's like, well, the masks are the worst thing now for the ocean, right? All the masks that are, you know, all the turtles are running around with little masks on in the ocean. I've never seen a turtle with a mask on. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> that is not a thing. I'm sorry. Did you not like, have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I did. None of them had masks they on. Had the eye they had the eye mask. Absolutely. I've fuck. never seen a, an N95 fucking turtle in in the ocean. Like okay. that's not a thing. This is new. This is new. <laughs> this is new. I will find it. I will. I Pay money I to am see going to AlexJones.com right now, and I will find it. That's just somebody put a mask on a turtle. <laughs> like that's, that's just a, a bad pet owner. That's not an environmental status. We're now taking a break. From Whitney and Virdas having a hilarious conversation. A small break. Small break. Teeny tiny. Tiny boy break. Tiny break from hey. Virdas. Here we go. Welcome to Ads Without Whitney. <laughs> All right, here we are. Finally, she's gone. <laughs> I know. If we're going to try to do these ads without Whitney, because we can't find her, so we're going to do our best to do them without her. But don't worry, sponsor. She's still in them. We have secret yes. backstage video. We have content exclusively from the road. Yes. Of her using the products all over. Because we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk. Speaking of walking, didn't you get Catch Whitney in the airport doing some silly walking? Oh, yeah. Whitney does this thing where in every airport she needs to stretch because planes like tear you up or something. I don't really know the... As a professional athlete, I'm not really sure right, why right, she right. does it. But well, yeah, I did catch her doing some questionable activity in the airport that I think requires the need of our sponsor, BetterHelp. Well, let's take a look. <laughs> it's her. It's with his lunges. Ma'am. Oh my God. I noticed that you're being insane in public. Would you like to um, use our code for better health? <laughs> I just wanted to know. Because you can you can use it from anywhere at any time. You could log in right now and I'm get being help. Sane. This and is get sane. help for whatever you're doing in public. This is sane. This is healthy. Stretching is healthy. Do you think do you think these people agree with you? Okay, but when's the last time you and Emily stretched your bodies? It's called self-care. I do it when I go, you know, places where you're supposed to stretch. Self-respect. The gym. It's because I go to therapy and I know if I don't take care of myself. I can't take You'll care. force everyone else to watch you do it? I can't take care of anybody else, okay? I'm setting a good example. I want you to know that right now, you can log in on that little phone device and talk to someone, a Only professional counselor to help you. While I'm exercising? A can professional. You if I FaceTime my counselor? We yeah. even had a guy at the show who was a therapist last night who said he uses BetterHelp. Yeah, you should take that advice. What more do you mean? You also, he also told you that while you were doing yoga on stage. I was do I was stretching at the same time I was doing the meet and greets. It's called multitasking. That's called mental health. It's called mental illness. It's called call mental and physical it. health. Betterhelp.com. You need to go to BetterHelp to learn to, to calibrate your tone. You need to go to bettermanners.com. Goodbye. Well, it's good to know you guys <laughs> talk badly about me while you're on the road. 
<laughs> it's not bad to say you need to stretch, okay? <laughs> That's what she's doing, though, in the airport. She's literally just lounging. She's lunging around people. Those people are trying to get their luggage, eat tuna sandwiches, and she's just lunging in circles. Who's eating tuna sandwiches in an Many airport? Many people in airports. Yeah, they should be on a no-fly list. Egg salad sandwiches are oh, sold readily. No-fly list. Better help. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It's available while it's you lunch. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling, which she clearly needed in that time, <laughs> done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. So any airport in America. Any airport. This podcast the- is sponsored by BetterHelp. And good for you listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Whitney. Please help Whitney by going to BetterHelp.com slash Whitney. Find her in your local airport. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Every morning. Look at my teeth. That's the best thing about me. Oh, I think your attitude is your best thing. (gasps) Thank you. You know why? Because I go to BetterHelp. Oh, wrong ad, but... (laughs) Um, Yes, I did brush my teeth this morning, and I used my most favorite device. Your Quip toothbrush. My Quip toothbrush. toothbrush. Let me say, on the road, we Mm -hmm. were on the road this weekend, and Mm -hmm. Whitney, you know, we bring ours everywhere. Whitney Whitney literally brings hers to the venue with her for on the the go brushing. Right. And um, I did, (laughs) I did want to see if this was a new thing she was doing, just because she has these ads now. Right, right. And I'm like, are you just using, are you just brushing your teeth all of a sudden? Right, right, right. You know, and you've had this shitty mouth your whole life, and now you're just brushing your teeth for these ad money. Right. So we were at a show, and her um, middle school best friend was there so i did some investigation all right well let's take a look let's take a look at this video okay you're whitney's best friend from middle school slash high school mm-hmm. and i just want to know has she always brushed her teeth because she has a dirty mouth now but do you think that she's br- <laughs> like are we talking verbally or actually <laughs> well, i used to do sleepovers at your house did yeah I, brush what- my teeth? I don't recall you because she's big on <laughs> dental hygiene now aren't you <laughs> I, I don't i have not brushed my teeth uh oh do you want to grab your quip toothbrush and go ahead and do that real quick <laughs> Where is it? Oh, I thought you stole it. I would never steal that. I have my own. Julia, this is actually the most amazing toothbrush. It really is. Look. You can travel with it. This sticks to the wall. It charges and then it vibrates. It gives a gentle vibration to give you the best clean without damaging your gum. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Is that incredible? It vibrates so it just does it so that you don't have to. Yeah, and it doesn't damage your gums. You don't have to brush too hard. Also can exfoliate your skin. So when you have a dirty mouth, you can fix it right up. Look at this. But you and you can stick it to the wall. Look at how cute. You can stick it in your bathroom shower after a shower brush. And then it's hygienic, so you're not going to create the next COVID variant. You can travel with it. It looks like it doubles as a. It looks like the rose. No. Like, <laughs> that was some hard-hitting journalism. I know. I'm a journalist. You're I'm a journalist. Ronan Farrell you, toothbrushes. You are, and you cracked the case. I did. We know that it's genuine. You got to brush your teeth all the time, people. And the Quip electric toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths, almost as many as us. <gasps> the timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. It's a lightweight and sleek design for adults and kids with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. It really is a very sleek design. Yeah, you really can travel is. anywhere. It's, it's so it's, easy to travel with. And I love that it like, sticks to stuff. So you yeah. kinda, it's always in reach. Yeah, and then you don't just like wrap your toothbrush yeah. head up with paper. I really do paper. think everyone should have one. Because, you know, yeah. the vibrations, like it's softer. It cleans your teeth without all the abrasion yeah. and, and damage yeah. to your gums. And I yeah. have a fear of having receding gums. Do you have that fear? Uh, no, I have great gums. Well, they could recede they if, you're, if you're brushing them too hard. But they you're not because you got your Quip. Right. And if you go to getquip.com slash Whitney right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Whitney. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Whitney. Quip, the good habits company. Gonna go brush my teeth real quick. I've been brushing mine the whole time. You know who else has a great smile? Veer Doss. 
Oh, and we're going back to that? Let's go back to the interview. Back, back, back to the interview. Okay, this is the, the book, The Tortoise and the Hare, and someone just put like a, a Jason mask <laughs> from Halloween on him. <laughs> mask pollution ocean. No, I think that the masks, the disposable masks are becoming a pretty nasty uh, pollution issue. Well, let me ask you this. How many turtles do you know who have COVID? <sighs> so the masks are working. I'm sorry. Right, cool. I don't know. Call, um, <laughs> God damn it. If I was just funnier, I could have said... The guy that played Turtle on Entourage. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I like that show. By Jerry the way. Like, That Ferreira. was one of the Jerry. One of the reasons I wanted to come like over to America and like see if Entourage? I Entourage. Yeah, and I was like, I want to see what this shit is all about. You know. Tell me, tell me more. I I I just remember watching it and I was Bollywood's comfortable. You know, God's been kind, and mm-hmm. uh, there was no intention to come to America. And then somebody from an agency in America found me like seven years ago, and they're like, come take some meetings and i was like ooh like entourage <laughs> like you know that's that's literally take the first time go on weird dates yeah, yeah. with people so, so I, I came over for 10 days and had general meetings and kind of went from there but like my reference was entourage i'm like is it going to be like entourage and he's like yeah sure and cut to, this is a fun story by the way uh i'm i saw you perform at the laugh factory the first time i ever played uh the us so oh no i got like a, a a six minute spot at the laugh factory and uh i followed you and then dane cook came after like that's that's what the lineup was i got like a, a spot between the two of you yeah how'd i do you did very well really yeah yeah okay. it, was, it was it was good like you did like 10 or 15 but minutes. we didn't like meet meet no. i was probably unconscious at that time <laughs> was this like at the height of dane cook no this was uh now, depending on when I say, I'm talking about when Dane Cook was at his height, so I don't know. But this was like six years ago, seven years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Okay, oh, I thought you meant like 15 years ago. I was like, oh god, I feel like this is a like weird tampon Kabbalah joke. Situation. No, I, I remember you coming in and you were talking to like Jamie Masada about the roasts and why you weren't doing roasts anymore. And I just remember being backstage and I was like, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like why she's not doing them anymore. I just remember that. That's yeah. I made a good point once. It's happened. Twice. Yeah. It happened once. I think that's that's kind of what... No, that stuff you said about straws right now, that was riveting. That's a great <laughs> Look, <laughs> back to the straws. <laughs> the straws... I, well, here's the other thing, is that we're supposed to use the metal straws or reusable straws, and I was trying to use those, and then there were glass ones, and then they kept breaking, and I'm like, I'm literally eating glass. This cannot be good. People already think that I'm losing my mind. So I watch Shark Tank a lot. And I saw somebody come up with like a metal collapsible straw thing. And I'm like, they're going to be a millionaire. And then <laughs> nobody <laughs> bought this shit. Like all the sharks were like, nah. <laughs> um, do you love Shark Tank? Because on some level, like what, like what is the appeal to it? I like w- the just the salesmanship that a non-public speaker is supposed to have. And then suddenly Amazing. either does or doesn't. So you're more interested in the, the pitch. person pitching it. Yeah. Because I think we've all been in like rooms where like a writer has to pitch something and writers can't pitch because they're right. They're writers. Right? I know. And so, then all of a sudden they have to be actors. Yeah. So I love when people who aren't supposed to pitch, pitch. Like I love watching that just to see if they'll pull it off. Like I'm at some level I'm rooting for them saying, come on, pull it see, together. See, I, it makes me uncomfortable. It's like, that's why I can't watch ice skating. Cause I'm just like, if they fall, I can't handle, I can't. It's like, it's just this embarrassment by proxy. 
Like, like you can't watch bad public speaking because you're a public speaker? No. The only thing I can watch is um Kelsey Grammer walking off of a stage. <laughs> um have you seen this? No. What? Oh I've not seen this. Oh my god. He's the guy from Frasier, right? Forgive my asking. And I know is he a national treasure? Okay, because I want to talk no? about yes. the hardest you've ever laughed. Um okay. <laughs> This is a video that is very important to me. Okay. It's healed many a wound. When I first saw this, I laughed so hard I had to like <laughs> take a walk. Like I had to like pull. I had to like go like get. Like I know what it means when someone's like I have to like pull my shit together. Like gather. My, I had to gather myself. Okay, so this is Kelsey Grammer is giving like a talk at a college. Oh. <laughs> is he rich enough where he's like, I'm going to buy this college and shut it down now? Because that's what he's thinking, like in his mind. He's just like, I will end this institution for this fall. <laughs> I own, I'm renaming this theater the Kelsey Grammer <laughs> Theater. Kelsey Grammer did not fall theater. <laughs> <laughs> the Upright Kelsey Grammer yes. Institute for the Performing Arts. <laughs> the Never Fell Off a Stage Center for Performing Arts. When I first saw it, I just died laughing. Died laughing. Um, that I can watch. But you can't watch bad public speaking. Bad public speaking is just, I'm like, let me, uh, like, I, I feel like I'm a marionette doll operator who's trying to operate my puppet and they, they're not getting it. Are you married? I'm married. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. how long? Um, five and a half years now. And so when did you know this is it? What's uh, the difference between I love you, I love you, I love you, because you said it before, yeah. to you're my wife? We, it was really organic. Like we were together for like seven years before and we met, like she gate crashed my housewarming party this with a friend uh so she was there and we, we said hi and she then was my house bitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she was an event manager um and so there was a concert happening and my band was playing and i think your we, band yeah I'm, i play in a okay you have four specials you do arenas and you have a band i have a really bad comedy rock band called alien chutney uh alien which, chutney yeah that's so funny. Um, which is, we only do music festivals like once a year and we have like, we're terrible. Will you do my wedding that I won't ever happen? Done. Oh my God. That is so funny. And so she, uh, she ran the concert because she used to do like jazz festivals and like run rock concerts and stuff. Yeah. And then one day we were just like, we're going to get married and go to Sri Lanka and, and do You're this. You're like, she knows how to run. If she can run a Lollapalooza, yeah. she can do my run my shitty family. Little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can yeah. run my life. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I just kind of knew it was weird. Like, I don't think I officially proposed until we were leaving for the wedding. Like, we were just like, we're going to get married and we're going to do it now. Uh, but was it, when did you know? So, I'm sorry to get granular yeah. and I don't mean to be annoying. Yeah. But, like, I think... You know, people confuse or like, I don't know, when were you in love? When did it start? When did you know? When did you not know? Like, what's the difference between I love you, but I'm not going to marry you, and I love you, I'm going to marry you? Is it instant? Is it gradual? Is it incremental? It's, for me, um, if it's, 
if the smallest thing in the world happens and i immediately think about telling you about it i think that's the the difference because i think in in the beginning of relationship it's like big stuff happen let's talk about that etc and then it's just like if it, if it's like i had a great sandwich you should know i had a great sandwich um and i want to tell you about that sandwich i want to tell you about it and what do you want from that exchange nothing i, I, I don't just expect want you to know. i just want you to know and i just I, want you to be know what's inside my body and do you have a sandwich like as cheesy as that sounds like did you have a sandwich like that's what are you eating yeah like mundane fucking information i want to know what else is in you yeah absolutely tell me everything that's in you yeah let's talk it's digestion it's either me or a salmon yeah. sandwich yeah. i want to talk about your <laughs> your intestines your what's in, in your intestines <laughs> forget forget your heart how's your colon yeah, health yeah let's, let's <laughs> talk i want to know everything yeah. you ate yeah so it's just that i think it's small shit right over time i don't That's think it's fascinating it's it's like big things i don't think so i like that because being with a comedian is a shitty enough experience for anyone right we work at night we're always on tour we're always mm-hmm. mining we're always in our head and i think if you're just able to focus on something really really small together then you're both present in mm-hmm. that as opposed to like i have a big arena coming up or like i have this big audition coming up etc everybody has those beats in their life and those will either happen or not happen but them being in your life may not value add to that mm-hmm. but this small little thing that we're doing we can actually value add to each other's life in that thing like you can't dictate how my audition goes or how my arena shows go but this sandwich or this meal we can both make that better for each other like that's the way i look at Did it Did you have any conflict at all Yeah we we I mean we fight as much as husbands and wives fight I guess and I think for her you know between between Bollywood and comedy and and music and all of that there's not a lot of time you know so we tend to like our time is just literally nothing time you know it's we don't do like date night or like big vacation or any of that it's just let's sit in this room and just hang Yes 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 you know that's put in the hours. Yeah, put in the put hours. Put in the work. And that's the good shit. Stay connected. Yeah, I think so. That's sick. Like what is the one thing like a relationship can't survive without? Is it like taste in movies? Taste in music? Like there's a couple like what is a deal breaker? Like like how many stars have to align? Does that make sense? Like what if I I don't know like I've always been like commitment happy. You know and and this is so I've never broken up with a girl. Like this is my I've never broken up with anyone in my life and I've dated a bunch of people. So I'm the guy who like waits for them to change their mind and, and right? So yes. I, like it's shitty and I will stay in it until they you, figure it out. Yeah, but or yeah, I'm going to make I'm going to be an asshole till you do it. Yeah. But I'm happiest in commitment. I've always been happiest oh, in commitment. Oh wow. And and that's I think also like an indian thing which is like we'll fucking die together gonna- <laughs> you know like fucking this you know the the uber ride the destination selected we're just in the back someone else is driving don't you get out of the fucking car you know we'll just fuck around and see what buttons do in the back seat like that's that's life you know that's fascinating i mean somewhere in between like indian arranged marriages and like modern nobody's right for me i have to find the right one go through like multiple partners somewhere in there is the the happy space i, I don't know what it is but it's it's neither one of those things to me mhm what are the most annoying stereotypes that are still 
sort of in the ether. About like love? Or about like like arranged marriage. Is that even something that's in the... Arranged marriage is awesome. Just <laughs> by the way. It is Concur. fucking incredible Concur. at like multiple levels because A, your parents know what you need. Like know you better <laughs> than you fucking know yourself. Let's be honest. Your parents know the shittiest parts of you. <laughs> so if, if they're finding you a partner based on the shittiest parts of you... Let me with, save you some time. <laughs> exactly, right? That also... Like who gets to say they fell in love after they got married. Like, that's a beautiful journey. Like, I know people who courted for like four months or five months, got married, and then five years into marriage were hopelessly in love, could not keep their hands off each other in love. Who gets to fucking say that about marriage? Like, that it's an incredible thing because mm -hmm. you both go into it with these sort of, we'll build expectations from each other as we go along. We're not going to come into the relationship with all these major expect expectations. Mm. And we have to be friends first, then fall in love. So it, it, I believe in it. Like, it's a good thing. That's sick. It's like um, uh, Kourtney Kardashian. Sorry, I never talk about the Kardashians, but we did Wendy Williams last week and Travis Barker. Like, they were friends mm. first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, you. Like, people were like, you guys should date. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of... I don't think we are able to be the best decision makers of who we should date. <laughs> like mm -hmm. other people should pick. Fuck it's no. like I hire a stylist. Yeah. You, you know, it's like I don't. I don't always know what looks good on me. I, I don't always. I'm not going to set design this podcast studio. Like I'm going to hire someone. You tell me who you think I should date. Also, you won't know if you're leveling up or settling when you're picking a person, right? But your parents kind of do. Yeah, like, I've yes. seen so many Indian men level the fuck up in an arranged marriage situation. Where I'm like, this person is way out of your league. <laughs> and, and your parents just came through for you in a gigantic way. <laughs> like, like you, she is a nine, you are a six. <gasps> like, thank your mom and shut the fuck up and live your life. <laughs> you know? Is it, um, uh, that's so funny. Uh, Nikki Kenodia, you met my best friend from college, Nikki mm -hmm. Kenodia. She, her dad, she's Indian, but her dad came here and gave, wanted to give them like intentionally very American names. Yeah. Nikki, Megan, uh, Neil. And um, her, she had an Indian wedding and then a wedding, like two weddings. Mm -hmm. The Indian wedding was the most fun. Yes. I have ever had. Did you do the, did you dress up and do I the thing? I dressed up. I feel like if I showed you a photo, I would get canceled. Canceled? Okay. No, why, Isn't it why, an appropriation now? Why can't people do that anymore? Like, why can't you dress up in like an Indian well, outfit? I mean, I didn't put on like, I didn't put like, you know, brown face on. on. Yeah, didn't, like you didn't, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't Justin Trudeau I, the wedding. <laughs> like, that's, you didn't do that shit. All right, that's I fine. Didn't go like full Julian Huff. Like I didn't totally, you know. But uh, you're, you're, it's not like you're making a profit off of your outfit at the Indian wedding. You're just trying to feel involved. Like what's wrong with that? I'm trying to participate. Yeah. I'm trying to fit in. I I like putting. By the way, I like putting just non-Indians in Indian clothing because then I get to see them look nervous. <laughs> you know? like, I don't get to see them look nervous. Well, it like blows your mind because like she came out in red. You know, yeah. she was like, and she was like, okay, we're like planning the wedding and everything. And I'm like, what I'm going to wear? She's like, you're going to wear white. I'm like, what to you? I'm wearing white to your wedding? What? Yeah. Mind blown. So white to us is what we wear when people die, just by the way. Like if you're ever going to an Indian funeral, like don't wear black, just wear white. That's... FYI. 
<laughs> in case anybody needs to know that. Okay. Let's do like a couple quick. You know what? We do red flags a lot on the show. Let's do red flags in India. Okay. Red flags for guys. Go. Top five. Okay. Um... If you so don't assume that the girl or that everybody's conservative because that's like some 1975 version of India that you've been led to believe by pop culture. People uh-huh. in India smoke, drink, do drugs, fuck, hook up and have a good time. Uh-huh. That's number 1. So okay. I want to represent my people correct. Okay. Right? Uh two, always talk to the girl's parents first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think uh don't don't talk about like uh like, do you guys know this person? Like, this Amer- like that. that's a very, like, not American thing, but also a British thing as well, where you come over and you're like, do you know that guy? And we're like, no, we don't know that guy. We're like a billion people busy with each other. So we won't know a lot of the references. Like that's- a famous person or... A famous person or also, like, sometimes I'll meet Americans who are like, do you know Pooja? Like from <laughs> Delhi? And I'm like, there's 26 million people in Delhi. How the that's, fuck do okay, I know Pooja? Yes, exactly. Right? Okay, the arrogance of Americans that are like, Okay. Do you, yeah. Do you know um, the Jonas Brothers' wife? Priyanka. Yeah, I actually do know. Priyanka. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Like they're just like I know someone Indian, Indian, yeah. Indian. Like, like it's that. Yeah. So don't do that. Um, don't don't pay for shit until you ask us how much it costs. Like, cause just you know, uh, like you're being charged four hundred percent for everything. So just like check with an Indian. Like, am I being fucked here or? Like, does this actually cost what it costs? Like, if you're just doing, like, shopping, um, you're not going to find yourself just because you came to India. You should know that shit as well. Like, it's, like, not everything is spiritual, you know? So, you're not going to leave forever changed because you came to India once. You're going to leave forever changed because you grew as a person no matter what, where the fuck you were. Mm -hmm. Uh, India or no India. And finally... Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. And finally... Stop ruining... I always feel, I always felt bad for India because I was like... All the craziest people are going from America are going to India to try to go to like find God and like all these like crazy people. Well, like, I mean, Osho, Bikram, we're not really sending you pearls either. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, how dare you? Uh, who is Wild Wild Country? Yeah, who's the woman? Maan and Sheila. Sheila that is an amazing woman. Is that an amazing, is an amazing is an woman. Yeah, hell yeah. A pearl, a diamond. How dare you, <laughs> yeah. Sheila? If you're out there, the, my offer still stands to run my company. <laughs> Tough titties, right? That was Tough the, titties. I love that. She's bitch. amazing. Love her. Yeah. So no, that's it. That's those are my five. She things is the for Chris India. Jenner <laughs> of cults. sex cults. <laughs> Is that what we're equating, like, the Kardashian mother to? Yes. Is She's a, a genius. Cult? I love her. She's the Oprah of the... Yeah. Just wrong... Just went in the wrong direction. <laughs> wow. She knew the assignment. <laughs> beep, beep. What are you backing up? <laughs> Out of this interview into another ad. <laughs> oh, ads again. It's time for ads again. Uh, <laughs> Still haven't found Whitney. Yeah, we and we, we quit looking, honestly. So Because we like all this camera time. <laughs> yeah. Mm, smile, smile. Um, I if, if you're listening, we're smiling. Um this is article, okay? We're talking about article. Why? Because we've been traveling a lot, me and Whitney and Emily. We've been traveling all over the United States and more places honestly can use article. We have come uh-huh. in contact with lots of furniture and it's not 
um, a Scandinavian breeze modern, of joy, yeah. modern excitement. Like there, like here's a video. We were in um, a, this beautiful casino mm-hmm. doing a show, and uh, there was it was Christmas time. So Whitney went into you know like a just it's a static. She, she loves, loves Christmas. Christmas, yeah. But you know what ruined Christmas? What that it was an article furniture. Let's take a take look a at look. this. Oh, did you get this from Article? You know, this is not from Article, unfortunately. The, but this is the it, perfect setup for me, which is two Christmas trees in the middle of November. Is my dream, but the only problem is this is not an Article bench. And it, you feel like it would be better if it was, right? If it was an Article bench, I would live. I would never leave. You never leave the spot because I was looking at this, and I, it's just not. This bench is nice, but Article is, it's, it's, this one's a little cheap. Yeah, it's not modern. It's not delivered right to your door. It's not Scandinavian inspired. You know what I mean? It's not like clean and modern and like cool. Yeah, wood. it's not easy to assemble. It's not timeless. That's right. This has an expiration date. It expired in 1993 with Noir. This had an expiration date. It's January 1st. <laughs> wow. As you can see, not thrilled that it was an article. No, no. And it would have made the experience better. Our bodies have become accustomed to article yes. design and comfort. It's so I can soft, understand. Yeah. Buttery, beautiful yeah. furniture. Article is the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. Article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. Fast, affordable shipping is available across the USA and Canada and is free on orders over $999. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash Whitney and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash Whitney to get $50 off your first purchase. Your first purchase. Your first purchase. Your purchase of $100 or more. They make that as easy as assembling article furniture. They do. It comes right. I mean, it's truly the best. It really is. I mean, every time I walk into my apartment, I'm like, I get to live in this apartment. I know. I feel like I live in an article website. I Uh, love it. And I I do. (laughs) They bought the whole floor plan. Yeah. Oh, article. You should really go get that for Christmas. It'll, it's, just go buy it. Trust us. Um, Another thing I like to do on my article furniture is play Best Fiends. I love Best Fiends. I know you do. I play it all the time. I know. I caught... Old girl playing it the other day. She was trying. Uh, she's not as good as me at Best Fiends, right, but right, right. she did She did give it a try, and I did catch her in the act. Well, thank God. Let's watch it. This is her playing Best Fiends in the airport. What are you doing? You're supposed to be getting our luggage. It's not here yet. Well, how would you know if it even came around if you're doing... Oh, you're playing Best Fiends. Okay. Sometimes I think you're my best friend, and other times... I'm a slug. I think you're a slug. <laughs> I wish you were a slug. Listen, no. Look at these Halloween costumes they're still in. I know, in. look how cute. Hold on. I'm not... Oh, one of them's on a date night. How funny. You know I feel like when I play this, it like gets my brain ready to do stand-up. It like wakes it up. I like have coffee. Yeah, because it activates it for sure. What do you think? How come I'm not getting any? Stop looking at my strategies. Yeah, we'd hate to figure out look that at, I love this guy so method. much. Like, oh, I know. This guy's so cute. He just leveled up. So cute. Look at this guy. Ah, oh, that's Emily. I like the, I love the ones on a date night. Okay. Do you feel like um do you feel like you want to play against me? Should I open mine? No. Why? Oh, because you don't want to lose. You're not my best fiend anymore. Wow. Good thing there's millions of downloads. I can play with other people. Didn't go do that. Okay. Good luck there's getting. There's millions to- of other people. You go bother? Good to know. Oh. <laughs> 
You guys have been spending a lot of time she together. She gets real aggressive when she plays Best Fiends. Yes, yes. Mostly because she's not as good at it as me. Yeah. But, I mean, it is a really fun game. It's a puzzle game. It activates your brain. Mm -hmm. There are millions of downloads. Yep. Tons of people playing it. Mm -hmm. You can play with them. Unique you, gameplay. Best yeah. Fiends has it all. An it's amazing always game. changing, so you're never doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You can level up all your characters, yep. even the little Emily love, love, one. Love, 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 love. Was that Emily one hot? That Emily character? She well, said. it was a it was a, a, a butterfly in a cocoon, but I guess that could be hot depending on if you're a freak. Best fiends has it all—an amazing storyline, collectible fiends, and tons of fun puzzles. Just like life. I can't put it down. It's quite possibly the best <laughs> game out there. You can play it anywhere. No Wi-Fi is required, which is incredible on a plane. Mm -hmm. No problem. Best fiends wherever, whenever you want with the offline mode. Oh, that's awesome. So even if you're in holiday travels, take you to off the beaten path, you can still play Best Fiends. You can play Best Fiends off the beaten path with bugs while you play as your bug with the bugs. You know what I mean? Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay. We have another ad, one more ad, and I know that you guys miss Whitney and you wish she was here, but she's way too horny to be here, and you'll see why. Ladies, look, I'm not saying I know everything, but there is one thing that I know for sure, no matter what he says, Brett from Tinder is not the cure for a low sex drive. He may be hot, he may drive a nice car, heck, he may even have an okay personality, but for some of us, our frustrating low libido is more complicated than that. In fact, it could be a medical condition called hypoactive sexual desire disorder, or HSDD. HSDD is the most common form of sexual dysfunction in premenopausal women. Just because we don't talk about it, it doesn't mean we're not feeling it, right? Whether you're single, sifting through endless brats on dating apps, or married with kids, losing your desire for sex, it's hard to accept, and you don't have to. Meet Addie, or Flibanserin, the FDA-approved little pink pill for certain premenopausal women frustrated by their low sex drive. Are you ready to learn more about this? If so, head over to Addie, A-D-D-Y-I.com, and schedule an online visit today. Use code good for you at checkout and find out if Addy could be good for you for only $10. That's good for you at ADDYI.com. Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive or low sexual desire disorder, HSDD who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past and who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them. It is not due to medical or a, a mental health problem, a problem in the relationship or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescription over-the-counter or herbal medications or have liver problems.
Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Do not take if you're allergic to any of the ingredients in Addy. Allergic reactions may include hives, itching, or trouble breathing. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep, or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI and medication guide, including boxed warning, at addy.com PI, or call 844-PINK-PILL. Learn about the little pink pill, Addy, at A-D-D-Y-I dot com. Thanks, Whitney, for that riveting story about women's sexuality. Back to Virdas. Back to you, Virdas, on the streets. I've watched the Kardashians, actually. Like, I actually really? like that show. I have not seen a lot of it. What do you think? I like it. Like, it's a, a strange take on, like, American celebrity, which I like. Like, it, it's the closest American celebrity comes to Bollywood celebrity. Like, Bollywood celebrity is insane, right? So, like, the top 10 Bollywood stars, it's like, you know, if, if Brad Pitt walked down, like, Melrose or whatever, he'd be able to walk down the street, right? Without yeah. too much bother I think in LA yeah in yeah. Los Angeles in Mumbai if Shah Rukh Khan who's the biggest Bollywood star stepped out for like 30 seconds there'd be a stampede and there'd be 5,000 people on the street and that's like Bollywood fame yeah. and I think like the Kardashians have that fame mm-hmm. you know I think Kim Kardashian's more famous than Brad Pitt I could be wrong am I wrong oh. there's a there's a certain um, you're making me think of something more like philosophical which is what your work as a comedian does like you you you're a ph- like a philosopher or in your comedy and in your comedy it makes me think differently like the way you put the you plant these little seeds in people's brains that you can't un that have to freaking bloom or whatever grow. well that sounds hilarious <laughs> I know. it's like a chia pet um but you know like the concept of fame i think that Americans, like, there's this thing where there's different people are famous to different people. Like, there's different kinds of fame now, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, I think that there's this thing in America where if you see a famous person, you don't think you're beneath them. Sure. Necessarily. Yeah. And there's a little bit of, like, oh, I'm not going to say anything because, like, I don't want to embarrass myself. Like, because I might work with this person one day. Because, like, everyone in America, I think, that I, well, maybe it's just the people I surround myself with. But, like, I think there's a little bit of a, I'm a celebrity, too. So, I'm my own celebrity. But, but, but why not, is my question. Like, why not have that sort of self-audacity, if, if you will, you know? Self-love. Self-love, yeah. Why not, you know? Sure. Like, where I come from, there's a lot of hero worship, and then there's a lot of that's a celebrity. Let's go fuck with that guy right now. You know, there's which a lot is of the comment section. Yeah, the, which is the same thing as the comment section. In, like, yeah. So it's like when, like the I just I love what you're saying because when I visualize, you know, a hundred people running up to a famous Bollywood star, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's the comment section. Some people are like, fuck you, I don't like your movies. I love your movies, dude. Your last movie was better than the other one. Like yeah. that. That's just the comment section. You know? For Bollywood stars, yeah. I feel like comedians, we them, have our own kind of comment section relationship. Yeah, and then some of them are just trying to fuck with you. Some of them are just trying to be funny. Some yeah. of them are trying to roast you and they're f- trying to be funny, but they're not. And it's just like a joke gone sideways. Well, I mean, that, 
I'm assuming that's something that you have to deal with much more than I do, which is the sort of insecure men trying to be funnier than comedians, you know? Like, isn't that a large part of your comment section? Sorry, I'm Googling Bollywood stars <laughs> right now. This guy, is this the guy you were just talking about? Yeah, Shah Rukh Khan, that guy. That's the biggest star in the world, pretty much. Like, in terms of everything. In terms of fan base, in terms of reach, in terms of anything. That's fascinating. Like, you know every Sunday, weird? he will have 10,000 people waiting outside his house. There's something fascinating about this, because there's something very... Um, Alpha is a word that is just, I just think has lost yeah. its meaning, um, much like genius and hilarious and mm -hmm. all those, brilliant and all those other words. But there's something, you know why? Guys like him and girls like him. It's very rare for a, for men and women to like the same man. And he's also just like, like a romantic leading man. So like, who was the, Valentino, was that the guy who was just like the legendary romantic, like in black and white movies? The um, Casablanca? I think so. Like, nobody romances a woman like Shah Rukh Khan romances a woman. Is is something that you find people saying. Like, he just knows how to do love no on camera. No one romances a woman like... On screen, at least. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, who is our... Who is our... Him? Yeah. Who's the American version of him? Of Shah Rukh Khan? Good Lord. Shah um, Khan. Who's your big... Like a big... Someone that... I don't even... You guys don't Pete do rom-coms. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the, the off-screen version the of Shah Rukh Khan. He's Pete Davidson. Yeah. Oh, that guy has something going on. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. But that's know? fascinating. But as a performer, as someone that, you know, you, you hypnotize, you know, hundred, maybe, you know, I don't yeah. know, just thousands of people. Um, what is it? Is it charisma? Is it... Um, yeah, I, I think charisma. I think also he's... His story is really good. Like he has a self-made you know, showed up in Mumbai with nothing but a suitcase mm -hmm. and kind of became king of the world story. And I think people, you know, relate to that, aspire mm -hmm. to that. And just, yeah, he's like, I used Underdog. to, uh, like our version of the Oscars, I used to write jokes for that and he used to host it. And like, you'd be up in his house, just like pitching jokes to the guy. And then he'd never listen to you. He'd go on and do his version of the joke and it would always be better. And like, nobody's ever done that. Like, I've, I've always written jokes for people and then they go and do their own version and it sucks. And I think you know that feeling as well. When they, when they don't do the joke as you write it. But this guy would just go on and do the joke and it would fucking be better. So you're just backstage in the wings like, fuck, that was good. Whoa. You know, he's that good. He's just that smart. And what... That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Do you... Um, this is the part of the podcast where I ask about your ancestral trauma. All right, cool. Done. <laughs> is there any like an in, in, like ancestral, like what is the, what do you carry? Like, do you feel like you carry a, a belief system that is like rooted in any kind of like guilt, shame, need to entertain, need to be masculine, feminine? Like, do you feel like there are any sort of like old paradigms that you're working to kind of try to break within yourself? Yeah, I, I think for me, Feeling like I'm always two steps removed from poverty is is one. Wow. So like never chilling long enough or never sitting long enough because I'm like, this could be gone any second. Yep. Now let's keep going, you know. So never really sitting back and enjoying anything because I'm like, on to the next, on to the next, have to keep this going. Um, not just for myself, but for the people that I work with. And that's one. And then also I think... Um, I'm a bit of a mutt, you know, where I, uh, like I didn't grow up in India and 
I grew up in Africa and then I went to college in America but I'm so like I'm very western for India and I'm very India for the west. So just kind of that mm-hmm. nowhere guy is the thing that I I carry. Oh yes, and then the question of like what is the common denominator in all of us that of being exposed to so many different um continents. Um I wanted to you remind me of Marina Abramovic. Marina Abramovic is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, she's a performance artist uh, who did this installation, remember, where she sat oh, yeah. basically seen, across yeah. from somebody mm-hmm. for 15 minutes at the Met in New York and made eye contact with them mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Yeah. And strangers would just come look at her for 15 minutes and they would always, they would inevitably cry. Everyone would go in and go, like I'm not Everyone cry. would everyone cry. Everyone would just cry. And it's called The Artist is Present, was the installation. She's an incredible performance artist, and didn't Shia LaBeouf do a version of this where just he cried? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think that was just surveillance footage of his <laughs> okay. like a late night on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she's incredible. Her book is incredible, um, and I think Sex and the City did a like a funny thing about her. Um, but I love her, and I used to have her manifesto printed out. Um, because that's how obsessed with her I got. So Marina manifest artist manifesto. So she has basically a list of the things that you should have. And mm-hmm. when you're talking about like your belongings and selling your house and all this stuff, there's rules. Um, an artist should stay for long periods of time looking at the stars in the night sky. So this is like the rules that an artist should live by. Okay. It's like, I don't know if it's, whatever. I mean, I don't abide by them, obviously. Um, um, I'm not an artist. I'm just a mess. Um, but it, I, I mean, like, isn't, I mean, this is philosophical, but that's what an artist is, right? A mess. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I hope I'm a mess, yeah. you know? Um, but it's like uh, old-fashioned rules of personal conduct, the kind of which artists like uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't pronounce any of those words. Okay, an artist should not lie to himself or others. This is like the artist manifesto. An artist should not lie to himself or others. An artist should not steal ideas from other artists. An artist should not compromise for himself or in regards to the art market. An artist should not kill other human beings. Okay. An artist should... I'm just thinking about how many of these, like, just in general show business has failed. Uh, you know, like, 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 we're all for all. My brain just went, you shouldn't steal from other artists yeah. and you should not kill. Well, you just stole from the commandments. Because that's, <laughs> isn't that a that shall not kill? Okay, whatever. Um, an artist should avoid falling in love with another artist. Yeah. <sighs> yes. An artist, an artist relation to silence. An artist has to understand silence. An artist has to create space for silence to enter his work. Silence is like an island in the middle of a turbulent ocean. An artist's relation to solitude. uh, An artist must make time for long periods of solitude. Solitude is extremely important. Away from home, away from the studio, away from family, away from friends. An artist should stay for long periods of time at waterfalls. An artist should stay f- like TLC. Can I watch the TLC music video? I feel like she's losing it by the oh end, or like gosh. like she's just getting more and more privileged as she's as she's, she's, she's like, like an artist should drink prosecco. <laughs> an artist should stay at the Ritz. 
an artist should like she's just getting richer and richer. An she writes this shit. Stay for a long period of time at the waterfalls at the St. Regis Maldives. <laughs> Uh, the Waterfalls, it's the name of the restaurant uh, over at the Ritz-Carlton. An artist should stay for long periods of time looking at the horizon where the ocean and sky meet. That is, There's actually a neurological uh, benefit to that as well, but I don't think that's what she's talking about. An artist should stay for long periods of time looking at the stars in the sky, have a good bullshit detector, fear nothing and no one, be tender. You are such a such an expert on human nature like do you think we need hate like is it part of is it, it you know because like stop hate like stop disagreeing like is that something that can ever really go away no i i just think that i mean in my country it's fed to people because of religion like really archaic systems right yeah. so and now it's you know the, the conversation of privilege in the West leading to hatred, right? Uh, because of oppression, systemic racism, et cetera, et cetera, leading to hatred is a slightly, a slightly earlier version of that is happening in my country, which is because of religion. And, you know, I, I don't think too many people hate people because of their religion in America, mm -hmm. but they hate people because of the color of their skin or, yeah. or their nationality, et cetera, et cetera. So it's or still- Or their man bun. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have one for like a short period of time, for a really short period Were of time. Were you starting a cult? No, I was just in a pandemic and, and there was no haircuts or anything. So I had one and it was really sad and uh, it took my hairline like up half a centimeter. But yeah, it was, that's, that's what nobody talks about, right? It's the guy with the man bun who's balding like five years later because he was a hipster for five years, you know. Who now has no hair. You could not rely on a hipster. I feel attacked. I had a man bun. Uh, uh. <laughs> I am very pro man bun now. No? Are you like... By the way, 39 and childless. Don't listen to me. I feel like women no longer want to see men's faces now. Like beards are a thing. <laughs> like you're like, I'm okay with half your face. I don't want to see the lower half of your face. You, uh, with the masks? Not just the masks. Like, I feel like women don't like clean-shaved men anymore. Interesting. In like, I think that went away five years ago. Oh, you... I think in a lot of places in America, that was never went away. Like, it was always beards. Yeah. You know, like, I have family in, you know, Virginia and mm -hmm. South. Like, beards never were out of style. Yeah. This whole thing that when they're like, Williamsburg, we're going to grow beards. It's like, yeah, you mean like every man that yeah. d makes the, uh, farms the corn you're eating at your fucking Chipotle? And, um, but clean shaven, here's the problem. You either got to be super, super clean mm -hmm. or super, super grown out. In between, that is a rug burn on the face for me. Ah. So it's, I don't look at it as like aesthetic or not. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you have a five o'clock shadow, that's physical violence. If we make out, <laughs> you're hurting me. We don't, time's up. Um, I will, that is the real <laughs> harassment. You are physically injuring me during this consensual makeout session because you didn't bother to freaking shave this morning. I get the grown out thing because that's uh, like an evolution thing. Cause I think men with beards like, biologically is supposed to be like you know supposed to activate female responses so mm -hmm. i get that not an option for me 
brown man, international traveler, a really long beard, not a good idea, just for airports <laughs> and things like that, you know, uh, will activate female and other responses uh, uh-huh. if, if I travel. <laughs> but TSA pre-check. TSA. I, by the way, I look at that shit like it's the holy grail, like hmm. just to be able to walk through that thing. Like I, I, so I'm flying good airlines, and but I look at TSA pre-check just like someday, man, I'm going to go through not, that. Can you get it in America? No, I cannot, no. Like, I, you, you fly 26 hours to get to America and then you land in LAX, which is an airport from 1986. I'm sorry. All right. At best. At best. And then you wait for three more hours. LAX, I feel like LAX is Russia. I feel like Russia would feel differently. (laughs) (laughs) When I land there, I'm like, this feels like what Russia is. Like just 80s, like unfair, not cool. It's too cold. There's no Wi-Fi. Like I'm confused. The the escalators don't make any sense. Like I was like, I always feel like I'm in like St. Petersburg, but I've never been there. It's two hours to three hours of standing in a line after a 28 hour journey. And then you're supposed to be like, you pre-check. and then, then you're just like, I'm happy to be in America because you're just like, no, I, I'm, if you're not a citizen, can you not get, TSA no, I don't pre-check? think you can. I don't think you can. I mean, I did have to drive to Van Nuys. Well, that's, it's, it's, that's a, tough. it's a, it's a day of your life to get pre-check. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, it's a day you have to like submit an application. I had to drive in. I did like do an interview. Sometimes I guess you could do it in the airport they mm-hmm. now have little kiosks in the airport where you can do it but i don't know what's clear what about clear i don't even think i can do that or global pass no i think i have to like make eye contact and talk to everybody in the airport i think can that's I, what i have to do that's my journey can i be a dickhead please do it's also why you're gonna stay so relevant and so funny because comedians when they get too rich and famous and successful they yeah. start they stop in you know in order for art to imitate life you have to have a life it's like they stop having everyday exchanges with people and seeing how disgusting human beings actually are and like engaging in what's actually going on. So it's probably keeping you funny and observational and in the zeitgeist. And delayed everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's keeping you having amazing jokes that you won't be able to tell because you're, you will miss your flight. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It, uh, I, like I said, I love so many things about this country. If there's only two things I would change, I would just upgrade every plane in every airport. Like I would buy every airline a new set of planes and I would change all of your airports. That's the first thing I would do. They're bad, huh? They're just, they're not bad. They're just old. Like they're really, like if you go to Singapore or Mumbai or Bangkok or anywhere yeah, in the world. Like the Jetsons. Yeah, except for like Heathrow. And Charles de Gaulle and America. And these are just ancient airports from the first world. Just by the way. You know, I can't believe we're talking about this, but there's nothing more I want to talk about. So airports, dude, airports in America are a nightmare. I've never thought about that. You have third world airports that welcome people to the first world, allegedly. <laughs> like That's basically what you have. I'm sorry if that's offensive, but it's true. Dude, that is so fucking true. It's like... People go, welcome to America, the land of Hudson News? Yeah. Like, what is this trash bag of a place? Like, a nightmare. It is Squid Games. Everyone's in those, like, neon masks, like, carrying your luggage. It is a nightmare. And I think Dulles, have you ever flown to Washington? Dulles? That, they renovated. And now it kind of is almost, like, too futuristic or something. But every airport, I was talking about, 
this with Benton the other day. I was like, I don't remember the last time I was at an airport that wasn't under construction. Like, I just assume all airports yeah. are just under construction. Like, there's no such thing as an airport that's done. So, it, it's stupid and cheesy, but I love an airport. Like, it's one of my favorite places in the world. It means just, you're about to go make money. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had thought of dog. Yeah. <laughs> I know what this means. I was going to be all, like, pretentious and be like, I can watch people. But I think I like the money thing better. Like, <laughs> it, the, I know what actually, happens when I do this action. <laughs> Yeah, because you're on your way to make money. That makes sense. <laughs> or you've just made money and you're on your way you back to home? spend that money. That's going to clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I hadn't thought of that that way. What is, this is a stupid question, mm -hmm. but I love it. What is your favorite airport in America? My favorite airport in America would have to be. In city. Favorite city would have to be D.C. What? Yeah, because nobody's from D.C. Everybody's from elsewhere. And so it's like this nice, metropolitan, lively, international crowd. They just get the world. So I like you D.C. You know all this. It's just because, like, I'd work the D.C. improv, and then I'm, I gig in D.C. now quite a bit. So I like D.C. for that reason, where everybody's just, they know a little bit more about the world than not D.C., mm -hmm. you know. And my favorite airport would have to be... San Jose Airport <laughs> just because I came from there last weekend and it's five feet long it uh, is it's yeah, very it's like a kiosk you know, yeah and so you just get on the plane San fast. Jose is really nice San Jose California because it's a lot of people um around the Silicon Valley too so it's like tech people it's, yeah they got their shit together it's like you know the, the next Steve Jobs is yeah. flying in those airport. You know what I mean? Like, so they have they have their shit together. And I like Chicago. Like, I love Chicago. O'Hare? Uh, not the airport, but I just, I used to... I love Chicago. I used to be a dishwasher in Chicago at the Grand Lux Cafe on Michigan Avenue. Like, that was my job after college. So I love that city. Like, I just have good I memories. I love Chicago. Best crowds. Best, best, best crowds. Really? Yeah. I still like D.C. for crowds. I don't oh, know why. Oh, no, no, I shot two of my specials in D.C. Yeah, Sydney Harmon Hall, the, my first one and the one that I just did because DC crowds are, it's such an amalgam, a, a great cross section of all kinds of people, and yeah, I sh I shoot specials pretty much there. <laughs> you're on the road, like, are you feeling like you have a new one, like with your new tour and all of that stuff? Like, I'm still feeling it out. Like, I I don't feel like I have like a legs yet. I feel like I'm just happy to be back on the road and happy to be gigging again. It. Oh. I feel like um, I don't want to like self indulge. Um, I'd rather you talk, but I. It's weird because I I'm trying this new hour. I was like I'm gonna go so personal. I'm mm -hmm. gonna just be more and more personal, more and more personal. And you know, if anyone has a similar joke than you, it just means you're not being personal enough. Just go more personal. Go yeah. deeper. Go more specific. And and then um, I was talking about a relationship I was in, which is. I'm not really in anymore and I'm like, ugh, did I just lose a half hour? Um, so it's, I'm not sure. I either have a great hour or nothing. <laughs> I'd have to, I have to check my text. So you either have like a, a, a special or a YouTube video. You have nothing in between. Like you have a TikTok or like an hour long special. That's going to be your next release. <laughs> I either have a new hour or I'm retired. Um, so, yes, I, I'm definitely ready. I think I'm ready. I, I liked what you said on um, 
I'm talking podcasts where you would like book an arena mm-hmm. and then start writing the material. Because there were no clubs in to India. Put the so pressure on. I, so I like when I started doing stand up in India, there were no comedy clubs. So there was nowhere to run like 10 minutes. So I'd have to book a theater and like write 90 minutes and then go up with 90 new minutes. So you're just screaming at the audience for just blah, blah, blah. No dynamics, nothing. Just to see what fucking works. And then you do that for like two months and then you'd start to feel. It's basically running 90 minutes as a spot. Like, that's how we started doing stand-up. That's nuts. Can I ask you? I always ask this when I'm doing, um, like, press for each state in America. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about getting canceled. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as, like, universal cancellation. Everyone finds different things offensive. Um, what would get you canceled in India? Like, okay. what's the worst thing? If I went on stage, I tried to do a tour in India a couple of years ago. Um it didn't work out for a litany of reasons, but like, what would be the things that I could n- absolutely not say? Okay, uh, I'll answer that, but just preface to that is I don't say this to like drum up bravado or to sound like a victim or anything like that, right? No. Um, canceled- you've been doing, you've been in my podcast for three hours. You are officially a victim. <laughs> All right, done. Um, I had 14 legal notices last year, like 14 legal no- uh, cases for jokes. Like, I went to the second highest court in the land twice to defend jokes. I spent more on lawyers than I did earn on a lot of the projects that I did. That's my version of cancelled, you know, where the government funds legal cases against you and you have to fight. For so I went to the high court and won, um, you know, a case for my jokes. So sometimes where I'm like, people are trolling this guy on Twitter or people are mad at him or they're being dragged. At, I'm just like, that's a dream. Like, that's really, that would be the dream in terms of, like, that's my version of cancel culture. What are you saying? It's, that's, yeah, that was my last year. I went to court 14, like, I had 14 cases, I went to court twice to defend my jokes. That's cancel culture. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> have to. So, can I ask what the jokes, the joke? Ironically, for fucking lawyer jokes. <laughs> no! For lawyer jokes. No! Yeah. I... I did a show where I played a shitty comedian who was also a serial killer. Hold on. So really quick. Was it something recorded or something alive? It was a Netflix series. Oh, so was it, you had yeah. to defend something that was filmed. But why wouldn't the production company have to? Isn't No, we all went to court together. Like three of us went to court together. But I called lawyers rapists with pens uh, <laughs> in some sort of a... And I got taken to court. So... And then I do a lot of religious materials. So, on what grounds? Blasphemy, yeah, libel, defamation, defamation of character, et cetera, et cetera. slander. But, but it's not really lawyers taking you to court. It's the establishment. It's the government. We have a very far right wing conservative trying to control the narrative mm-hmm. government. So yeah, that's my version of cancel culture. It's which is, you know, you have to drive downtown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was on Zoom. I took. I had oh to go to, yeah, court. I, yeah, that's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. So that's so. Here's my two cents on it. Um, whatever the cancel culture thing is, even I don't fully understand it. I do know that comedy is changing and that it's now going to be a conversation. Like it used to be you do jokes, people would laugh and you'd go home. Yes. And I think what we need to get used to as comics is we will do jokes and people will laugh and go home and there might be a conversation mm-hmm. after that. And much like I would never tell you what to... like. I'd never tell you what to laugh at and I'd never let you tell me what I could or couldn't say. And I think that's a fair trade. Yes. But if I've taken your money, I have to honor your opinion, good or bad. Like I, I, I at least have to be willing to acknowledge the conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, it's look, I, I'm so, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record on this, but it's like, yeah, it's like comedians in the States now, they're like, first remember right, I should be able to say whatever I want. And then someone's like, I don't think you're funny. And they're like, fuck you. Yeah, it's like, no. well, so they're not allowed to say what they want, but yeah. you are like, what is it? So yeah. if someone doesn't think you're funny, now they don't get to have a first amendment right all of a sudden because you're a baby, a big baby, you know? If you're not taking me to court, you can say what the fuck you like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. If you're not suing me or my family, if you're, if you're not threatening me, say what the fuck you like. I have a thick skin. I'm a comic. I'll make it through. Is it kind of fun to tour in the States? Because... Yeah, it, it is fun to say shit and not worry. You know, it is. And then I know you were just in San Diego, but what's what's up with your tour in the States? Um, I have six theaters left. So I'm, I'm doing like Town Hall in New York. I'm doing Huge, huge. The Boston. Can okay, so. The Wilbur. The Wilbur Theater, that is sold out. Why don't you add some shows? Um, and then DC is not sold out. That's the Kennedy Center. So that's Ke the. Dude, the Kennedy Center. Yeah. Have you been there? I, I did a, a smaller room and this is my first time in the big room. That's, so. can you shoot it? Just for yourself. I'm going to shoot something Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. So, I mean, performing at the Kennedy Center, that is... Yeah, that, that's where the Mark Twain Prize happens. You know, like Epic. that's... Yeah. So I'm Epic. Looking, I'm looking forward I to it. I have cried outside the Kennedy Center <laughs> in a parked car so many times. Um, Boston, Massachusetts, that is when? Uh, on the 20th. Really just Austin and Boston have tickets left, which is Austin on the... And also, here's what I'll say, is that these vaccine requirements, the mass, everything's changing. Sometimes people, even if something says sold out, show up anyway. Exactly. Because sometimes people aren't cool with the vaccine requirements or whatever. You know, we don't make the rules. The venue makes the rules. Um, and sometimes people are like, I'm pregnant. I don't want to... Yeah do that and there's a ticket available so just even if it says sold out show up anyway um because there might be a ticket available austin texas paramount theater that is awesome atlantic city music box on uh at the borgata resort on the 13th of november oh wow that's soon um boston on the 20th oh my god i actually am a friend of mine i'm gonna send uh to come see you um okay i have a list of things that i wanted to follow up on <laughs> just so you know I have got to let you go because yes. this is I'm a I'm obsessed with you. You were very kind for having me on in the first place. Like I had a wonderful time. I am all over the place and this was a great conversation. You were not all over the place. It I was am wonderful. a hot mess. <laughs> and I'm so overwhelmed with how many things I want to talk to you about that I feel like we didn't get to anything. My list of questions I wrote for you. Okay, well, I hope you will come back. I would love I to I hope come I back. can con you or guilt you into coming back. I will definitely At some point. Because <laughs> I wrote all these dorky-ass questions for you. It's fine. We had a good conversation. It's just very rare that, you know, like, I get to... I'm like, I fan, I'm fanning out on you. Like, I just, I was listening to your stuff this weekend. It made me re, uh, Spotify, you know, you have all, all these specials on Netflix. Like, it just, it made me want to work harder. And it made me proud to be a comedian. Hey. It made me want to try harder. It made me want to think more deeply. It made me um, proud. It, it was like, oh, yeah, being a comedian is, is noble. What I will say, and, and I want to say this before I leave, is, you know, you should know that there are people watching you from across the world and that what you're doing is something to be watched. 
and you give people aspirations with the things that you're doing. So you should always know that. I know sometimes, you know, like the the comedy bubble in wherever you are tends to feel like that bubble. But you should just know that there's comedians across the world and people across the world watching your stuff. I follow you on Instagram, etc. You're doing things that give people aspiration. So you should know that. Oh my gosh. They're like, well, if, if she can make it, I, I'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean. If this is something that makes money, I should do that for a living. Um, I end these awkwardly. It's always weird. It's fine. But what else? Is there anything else we need to drive people to? You, By no. the way, unfollow him on Twitter. <laughs> Please do. Unfollow yeah. his social media. Yeah. He's too popular. It's annoying. <laughs> Seeing that 7.7 .7 million, you're like, <clears throat> hurtful. No, I have nothing else to promote. I just wanted to come hang. It's so funny. It's like, I feel like your um, tagline for just you as a person should be like, and you thought you were famous? <laughs> like, it's like you think you're doing well, and then you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought I was doing well, but you like mess up, you fuck up the bell curve. Well, there's a billion of us. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, like, there's there's a billion of us. That That's the answer to everything. So are you everything. saying that, that like, Two million here is the same as seven million there. There's a lot of us, and and Bollywood movies go everywhere. Yeah. So you know that's yeah, that's that's what it is. Your dream. But I, I look forward to uh, an audience I don't have. And I really, I'm dead serious. I really hope you and your wife will stay here hey, next time you kind. come. Yes. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't so ride much. elephants. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.